welcome to Cast of Sunday Kickback. It's me, Matty J, with Scotty Doe and Riz. What's happening, guys? What's up, Matty? Not much. Not a lot happening during stage four. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, driving cars that you can flat batteries because they aren't going anywhere. So this is really interesting, but, you know, it is what it is. How are you? So um, how is all everything with your cars going? Mine? Yep. Um, pretty good actually. I started them up just today. Skyline kicked over, boom, straight away. Um, I think it's got a tiny miss, bit of a miss. Mm. I mean, that could be spark plugs. I haven't touched them. And if it's anything to go by the original air filter that was in there, they're probably knackered. Yeah. That was the most dirtiest air filter I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'll also say because like, uh, if, especially if the cars are getting up the fleet temp and getting driven around, if it's just getting, like, you know, like just uh, just started and you know run cold, it's going to be running a lot more rich. The plugs are going to get more wet. It's not going to get a good, um, you're not going to get a good, you know, spark essentially. So yeah, and then I checked over the Subaru and don't need to top up anything. Coolant's perfect. Oil's perfect still. Usually now and again I've got to top up a bit of oil, but I don't know. Not lately. Well, I think with the Subaru, mate. It's been good. Except it's been going through a lot of it's been going through a lot of fuel, but that's because of my short trips. Yeah. I'm only like ten minutes from work, so mm. tiny trips and it's just yeah, you know, I'm going through I'm getting down to a quarter of a tank and I've done like three hundred kilometers. Jeez. So yeah. Usually I'd get like down to that level and I'd be at least around four hundred K. Yeah. A quarter of a tank. How many Ks have I done now? How many Ks? Uh, I think it's got about 210,000. Okay. Mm. And um, this, this would be the car that you've had the longest, right? Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> there you go. I've had it for about four years. Um. Well, you know, like I think I still think they're a good-looking car, and they and they they drive really well. Those B fours, like they're they're a nice car to drive. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So. It's easy to drive, comfortable. Yeah, just keep good it car going. to get you from point A to point B. A little bit zippy. Yeah. And Riz, updates with you, man. Serato's hit how many Ks in, in a year? Uh just over a year now. Uh, hit over, clicked over fifty thousand this week or last week. And, um, yeah, going all right, man. Can't complain. Um, electronics in these cars, I've noticed that <laughs> the passenger side back seat window, um, if you're from the driver's side, you can't always open that window. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> Sticky switch. I think I've had that in the past, but I ignored it. And never, I've never raised it with the dealer, but. Yeah, it's um interesting to see how much um like some of these basic electronics sort of failing and then it has those when you obviously lock the car, the mirrors fold in. Yep. If we can't get a window switch right, I wonder what's gonna happen with them in a year or so. Yeah. That that's that's but hopefully everything's under warranty. Well, I mean Kia offer what seven years unlimited case, right? Yeah. 
So you'd like to think that you can't really tamper with this stuff and they haven't got anything to stand on when it comes to repairing some of this stuff. And I was having a chat to my brother earlier today about how many sensors are going into these cars, you know, the tire pressure sensors. I mean, not mine doesn't have it, but his golf's got it. And it's what happens? What happens when they go past this? Like these sensors can't always be reliable. You know, we've had issues in the past with oxygen sensors and crank angle sensors and you name it in these cars. And they're just loading more and more sensors into these cars and without really looking at reliability. So if you're buying any of these cars outside of their warranty period, you're taking a pretty big sort of risk. Yeah, that's a good point, Riz, because a lot of people, well, for example, with both, both of the threes that our family had, um, they had oxygen sensors go and the engine light will pop up. It's, it's, not, it's not a serious issue. It's just a sensor, but it's just annoying. Like it's yeah, and then and then and they're not cheap either. They're like 160 bucks, 170 bucks plus each, and that's yeah. off the market. That's not even genuine. You know what I mean? So it's. I have a 32 GDRD oxygen sensor. All oh, right. Didn't know about it. The only way I knew is my spark plugs turned black, and I was dropping mm. cylinders. <laughs> <laughs> I plugged in to have a read to have a look, and the voltage for one of the O2 sensors was nothing. No okay. So that's the only reason I've figured it out. Yeah. Mm. so it's um this is the issue man as we're sort of moving forward and all of these control systems and that rely on these sensors and a lot of them i guess in the next five years in these new cars they will all be connected to the internet as such um sort of like tesla's are in many ways um so it would be interesting because the goal moving forward is to collect as much data as possible about anything and everything and have it available remotely. So this is going to be an interesting sort of transition phase that we go through because Tesla's already doing it. Um, and that's how they're improving their product. But as other car companies sort of catch on and start to introduce it in some of the premium models and then into the entry models down the track, we're going to have more and more sensors in these cars and the reliability will become an issue. And, Second-hand car purchases, I feel, are going to be a lot more complicated than they are today. Mm. Because some of these sensors are failing regularly on cars, on new cars. So when those cars get onto the used market and out of the warranty period, it's going to be, yeah, interesting. Sorry, Scotty. Do you feel that they are making cars just to be replaced these days? Definitely. Um, yeah, for sure. It's, I feel um, planned obsolescence, Reese. Uh, sorry, it's planned, it's planned obsolescence, and it's that's what that's what really really sucks because you know, for example, a lot of people, you know, they'll they'll buy their one car and that'll be the one car they have for like you know fifteen twenty years and they'll just drive it and drive it and drive it and drive it and then they'll then they'll think about replacing it. But um, I think that companies are playing now for well you know every three years you know they they update update you know get a new car every three years it's kind of a real kind of a bad situation i mean mercedes were synonymous with the um the wiring looms degrading you know uh well before the car was pretty much done mm. so you know th they, they'd planned to put that in their cars and they did and then they were they were failing and the cars were still pretty pretty close to being okay um 
for me that's just a sign of just like well you know we want them to, to buy to buy a new one let's just make the car fail i mean apple's the king of doing it they've been doing it for years with their iphones and and max and and, and they've been saying um you know yes we, we deliberately make our other old stuff go slower so people update to the newer stuff and it's you know i think it's the same with cars because mm. the, the, the rate you're right is the rate at which sensors and technology is growing in cars it just it's 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 going crazy so with with more in them there's more to go wrong with more to go wrong the people would just be like well, screw it, let's buy a new one um and, and, and then it becomes a very interesting argument about take sensors out of it a lot of them rely on obviously the let's say engines right mm-hmm. engines and transmissions and hybrid drive trains even normal petrol or diesel engines then the argument becomes as we're moving into this electrification there's less parts technically in an electric car is that where we're really heading where the elimination of sensors all around the engine and transmission get removed altogether because there's no engine in the cars well yeah i mean the only sensors that we have probably be abs sensors um you know brake lights radars lidars that Mm-hmm. they'll be like pretty much in their engine sensor. So theoretically your car will still work even if you've got some sensors failing. Whereas with, with like a normal car, like I know with a lot of cam angle sensors and stuff, they'll just, they just won't work. They'll just die and switch off. So, yeah. um, I mean, I can see, I can see a plus for that, but I can also see a minus because with, you know, obviously going into a full computer based system, if something fails and it might trigger the computer and, the, and then the whole thing might just shut off and not work. You know, hmm. there's there's that story, there's that kind of balance to it. So it's it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird it's it's a weird space for cars at the moment. Um, obviously with um uh, what's going on, sorry, got the camera with um with COVID, but but secondly, it's like companies are uh, they're like waiting to jump to that next electric uh, electric hurdle, and it's just like they're either holding off or they or they're jumping across. I mean, or the companies, there's some companies like. Like Volvo have said they're not going to do internal combustion in was it 2022 I think they said it was or yeah something along those lines. So um, and they're going to move to a complete you know electric based kind of um, kind of kind of program with their cars. I mean they they they're taking a big gamble but and they're assuming that it's going to pay off. I just don't know if we're ready for that yet. Yeah, um, it's really. Uh, yeah, and I guess this is the argument about, you know, why do people buy anything above a base model new car these days? Because as you go, the higher up you go, the more sensors, the more autonomy around some of the rain sensing wipers and, you know, you name it. If if the car, interestingly, uh, one of my interns, he bought a Type R um, and he had a windscreen chip on the freeway. Um, I helped him find a dealer that could replace the windscreen. So they got it from Honda Australia. But the cost of recalibrating that camera inside for uh, lane keep assist is, I think it was like, overall, it was about 1500 bucks. That was one of the cheapest dealers. Oh, really? 1500 for a replacement of a windscreen, including a calibration of a camera. Or recalibration, they call it. That's insane. So, you know, and, and, and to be honest, any high, mid to high end Honda 
um, Civic, doesn't have to be a Type R, they'll have the same issue. So I have the same issue in my car. I've got Lane Keep Assist, I've got that camera facing forward. If I have a chip in the windscreen, um, it would be, it, it would cost nearly seven or eight percent of the value of the car just to get it replaced. Oh, that's, that's nuts. I can't believe that. And that's without having the rain sense. I don't know where the rain sensing sensors are on these cars. Mine hasn't got that as a feature. But as I said, if you go, you know, sort of mid to higher spec, then you're paying that sort of money to get it repaired or replaced, even under warranty, because that's not a warranty claim. Yeah, it's like a it just happens claim. Like, you know, it's... I mean, insurance companies have got that one free claim a year, I think, but I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna do it to that extent, fifteen hundred bucks. No, probably not. This is where it's and there's all these side products on the back of that, like you know, chip uh, uh, chip claim that people you can buy from dealers, and it's all BS. But it's just all these side insurances that companies are adding on. Um, it's it's a very complex um, car buying world that we're heading into with a lot of consequences that people don't fully understand when they're purchasing these vehicles. Mm. Um, and it's not just, you know, uh, cost of, uh, what's the normal thing they go? Uh, depreciation, like the depreciation on the car. That's the least of people's worries. If they fully understand that when they have, because when the windscreen's chipped, you're not going to try and shop around and figure out what's going to be what. You, if it's a two-year-old car or one-year-old car, you're going yeah. to get it replaced from the same manufacturer. The costs are phenomenal, man, and it, most people don't are not even aware. They'll just fork it out. I, I just think I think another issue is there is you bring up a really good point with this with this happening. Cars are getting more and more technical, but parts are getting cheaper. Parts the the, the quality is not as not there like it used to be. Yeah. Like I, I know I know I bring this up quite a fair bit. Um, you know, uh, with Mercedes in particular of like you know the seventies, sixties, eighties, even the early to mid early nineties. Um, that's when they stood for quality. You know, like you, you, yes, they didn't have all the you know the biggest craziest you know functionality. I mean, a lot of them did the, the higher spec ones, but even if they did they had just just build quality like they were built to last like you, you thump mm. the door on that and they they're like a vault now you know you, you feel everything's built built to a price and i can get i understand why that is because they want to make more money because they want to sell more cars che- as cheaper as they can but you know like i was speaking to a to a guy that fits fits window glass and he told me that um, most modern uh, windshields are so easily um sandblasted and then they crack like nothing it's like like all the new glass companies are just crap they they are junk they are actual junk um and he's like he's like i'll replace these all the time and he's like it's you know you you you, people want the cheapest thing as well so they don't want to pay for that extra bit of strength and that quality so they'll be like well just give me the cheapest one whatever so he's like i can't compete if i'm if i'm offering just a high quality glass because people aren't going to buy it they'll want to buy the cheaper option, even though you tell them that it's shit, essentially. So, so it's kind of like, you know, it's like a never ending circle that, you know, you, you you can't please everybody, but everybody's just on the train of just like, Oh, well it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not really going out of their, out of their zone. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. And I think there's, um, there's a lack of information and knowledge. This is what annoys me about this industry is cars are considered essential, but if you, anything you want to know, it's a pain in the ass to try and find any information on that stuff. People think Facebook is the place where everyone wants to know, um, you know, oh, I had this chip, what do we do? People are bagging the shit out of other, the person that's asked the question. It's not the right environment to have that discussion. And the knowledge is just spread out everywhere. Nobody really knows. And half the time, you don't even know if the person that's telling you something is true or not. So it, as car people, it makes it very hard to recommend a car to someone because we think about 10 factors when all they think about is I want to get from A to B, but I like the look of that Mazda, but I don't want to pay what the Mazda is asking, you know, for that car. Um, And without thinking what's going to happen when something does go wrong sort of thing and buying all these side insurances and pain protection and the rest of it. So yeah, man, I think there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of opportunity um, to, make this industry a bit more transparent um and there's not enough young people in it like us to try and change it to be that i think that's one of the i think that's a big issue is you know as as um as much as that as, as like i i completely agree with you there is because it, it is just a weird it's it's just a weird space at, at the moment because you know, i think everyone's just accepting oh well it is what it is you buy a car you buy a car you don't you don't i like the look of it i don't besides the fact that it's a, it's a bucket of crap, you know what I mean? Like, uh, he was asking me the other day, someone asking me about like, oh, what small car should I think about buying? I'm like, well, how much you want to spend? Are you looking at buying new second hand? And they're like, oh, a few years old. I'm like, a few years old, you've got a, you've got a few good options there, i30s or, you know, um, as a threes, Toyota Corollas, you know, things that are reliable like that. Um, and they're like, oh, you know, what about a little bit older, like a Focus or something? I'm like, no, if you're going to get an automatic, you wouldn't touch it. And like, they had no idea about that. Um, because, you know, the, the, power, the dual clutch power shift um, transmission. So it's, you know, it's hard to, it's well, because not everybody's a car person. And, 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 I, and I get that, Riz. Not, not everybody relates to cars the way we do um, and, and really delves in and, and dives into the, um, you know, the facts about about all different cars people just go buy cars for the sake of buying a car they're like oh i like this one it looks good i'll go buy it and th- they don't really see the bigger picture and you're right Riz, there's no there is no transparency um there's no transparency from the dealer all the way to the second you know to it on the second hand market so um like I'd, I'd love for them to be a forum where it's not like your whirlpools and stuff where and Facebook market and sorry for the, and just in your Facebooks where people are just like, um, you know, ragging on each other for not knowing the basic thing. I mean, I remember like I used to be in a lot of forums back in the day when forums were a thing. Oh, yes. Um, so, and like most of the time when people on forums were quite helpful and they're actually, they're actually quite good. I mean, yeah, you get your like, people. Forums were the best. Yeah. Hmm. And like, I still look at some like, like for, for example, with, um, uh, with, with my Forester and stuff, like if, if there's some things I know, I'm looking at posts from back from like the, the, you know, 2008, 2009 from Subaru Forester.com where you know, it's a forum just dedicated for foresters and there's people that love mm. care about the cars and 
and the question I've asked have answered and they've answered it in detail and it's been, it's been perfect, you know, and, and that's like, you don't, you don't get that anymore. And it's, it's a really, cause everyone's just, it's, everyone's moved to a complete social media, um, social media based platform. And I don't think you're getting that, that, um, you know, that, that real life kind of connection there. And I, I, I know Scotty, you, you've mentioned previously many times that you were a part of Skylines Australia for years. Yeah. So they, so they were always really good. Oh, fantastic. So much information there. It's good that it's all up. It's still, you know, all present. So you can still jump on there and see all the information, but there's heaps, so much information. And this is the knowledge of this. Exactly right, Scotty. Like that we know that there were forums were <laughs> some yeah. are active, some are not. <laughs> a lot of them are behind a shield. So um, like when I say shield, you have to be a member or you have to log in or you have to see it or you have to get to a certain number of posts before you can see certain pages or whatever. And, and Facebook is exactly the same, that the quality of knowledge on there is pretty, it's, it's below average. It's in most cases, you wouldn't trust what's being said up there, but the information is there. It's just trying to get it into a place where it's easily searchable. So, you know, in the last three years, I guess Maddie knows working on this car loop stuff. One of the things that I've sort of come to a conclusion is that I shouldn't be worrying about buying and selling off cars. And that's happening today. What is it that the industry looks like into the future? And what is it that's going to help car buyers and owners in five years from now? That's the sort of stuff that we should be working on or I should be working on to try and get it there and turn that dream into a bit of a reality that in this industry should be more transparent and we should be able to go on to a 2008 to 2010 Subaru Forester page and on there, we should have anything and everything we want to know. So if you've got an issue with the suspension, you put in suspension and all the questions from credible sources verified that information is available. It should be as easy as a Google search, but a Go Google doesn't do that because Google, that's not what Google's business is. Google cannot go into Facebook groups and extract that information. Google cannot verify that information. Google cannot go into forums and collect that information and verify and present it. So there is an opportunity but it's, I guess, getting like-minded people like us sort of on, on this journey to try and, you know, make this industry more transparent. I think there's also a, um, there's also like a, like a niche in the market for uh, people that help other people buy secondhand cars. Cause like, remember not everybody can afford a brand new car mm. and just say, okay, yes. like if you're looking at, let's say uh, like a BL Mazda three from 2008 to 14 or so, wherever, or 13, wherever they were. You know, this is how they are. This is these are the specs that they came in. Um, this is their price ranges currently, and this is what you need to look for when you're going to buy one. You need to ask these questions: Has it had this done? Has it uh, doesn't need this? Um, look for the signs of damage here and here and here. You know, like it's there should be there should be a, a way for people to go do that. You know what I mean? Like, and they they just isn't. And I think that's where a lot of people get screwed, and it's um it's a sad sad reality. It's empowerment. And I think that's currently the industry doesn't want that to happen. Um, the 
car companies don't care after the car is out of the warranty. Yeah, they couldn't give two shits. So even when it is in warranty, it's a handball game. Who can do, you know, how can we take that risk off our hands, even if we say it's a five-year warranty that comes with the car? So yeah, you're right, man. I think as, and, and this is the other trend that I'm seeing, as younger people are less and less car-centric and cars are not going anywhere, there will be a point where most people will need to buy a car. It's there will be a need for a concierge or an assistant to help them make the most educated choice. If it is about that Mazda three, you know, as we've started the discussion, there's more and more sensors in these cars. How do you, how do you get past that? How do you get past that? Um, you know, two people that know what's going on. So people are going to, younger people are going to pay for these services moving forward. Now, quickly, how many of your friends or people you know ask you guys for like help about buying cars? Well, I get a asked lot. all the time. I get asked all the time. I know you would, Riz. What about you, Scotty? Not really? No, I don't get asked very often. No. They come to people like us or, or, them, or their local mechanic who they've known for years and you know, ask them, hmm. what, what, what do you recommend? It's those people that, that use that initiative, but it's for the, the 99.95% of other people that they just go buy the car just because of just they want to buy that car makes it very, very hard, you know, and, and, and that kind of gives the whole buying experience a, a real bad name because they're like, oh, he, he saw me a dud when, you know, it's, we were spoken about this before, it's buy, it's a lot of it's buyer beware. Um, mm. I, I caught up a better car the other day and I'm not going to say what it is because um, it's, nothing's been decided yet. Um, legend. But uh, I was speaking to the guy for a good half an hour and we got on really, really well. We're talking about it. We're talking about the car. Um, he asked me what other cars I've got. I asked him what other cars he's got. And, you know, he told me, he's like, look, I'll be transparent with you. Um, this car's, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty old. And he's like, he's like, he's like, but I've, I've had, I've had the time belt done. Um, water pump's been done. You know, it had a new clutch about 30,000 K ago. Da, 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 da. It, it, just, it just went through it all. And he's like, look, I'll be honest with you. It's got a small oil leak coming from, coming from um, the gearbox. Um, and he's like, the aircon needs to, needs a compressor. But apart from that, like, you know, he's like, it passed the road already a couple of years ago and I've only done 5,000 K since. And he, and he was, he was honest, he was honest with me. And like, you know, and, and we got talking because, because we were in that, we're in that same kind of sonic, same kind of realm. But if he was telling, if he was saying to somebody uh, like, if, for example, if let's say, Johnny goes to this person and says, Hey, I want to buy your car. Um, and just has a quick look and says, Oh yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and that they haggle and they do a deal and didn't ask those questions, didn't know the right questions to ask. It's, um, you know, like, cause I asked him, well, when's the time about a water pump being done? When's this been done? When's that been done? You know, getting that idea kind of builds that car in your head. So you can mm. say, okay, so it's had those things done, you know, I can see what I can see what, what it's worth and what it needs doing. And, you know, you can go, you can go along with, you can go along with that um, in, in order with your, with your buying experience. You can say, okay, I'll look at another one, see, see if it has been done or hasn't been done as well. And you can, you know, you can make that kind mm. of call. Uh, but again, there's no, there's no real forum or, or place that, where people can say, okay, what to look for when buying a blah, 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 like a 20, 2018 Serato. Yes. And that's what I'm trying, that's why I was a long, long way about the story, but that's what I'm trying to explain. Like, you know, uh, that whole buying experience, secondhand, all new, it's, 
it is it isn't transparent at all and it's a very it's very jaded yeah and i think this is where the the kind of product that i'm thinking at the moment comes into play because while you have while you're telling me about you know the used car market and the questions to ask you know it sounds crazy but what if there was for example if there's a car listing website assuming car sales right not the car sales will ever do this if you had car listing of let's say a 2015 Mazda 3 apart from getting you know if you're looking at the car you got questions so you can click on one thing it says common questions that people need to ask when they're looking at this car yeah. and and then at the same time, that car is verified or curated by people that have looked at it. So then people can see, oh, I looked at this car, and they, can, they have a little bit of a discussion on that, um, on that particular post, on that car ad. Yeah. So people can see that there is some value there and that you know, it's in the best interest of the person. Car sales doesn't want to do that because all of a sudden there's an issue because they're not going to make the money until sometimes until the car is sold. Or when someone puts an ad up, they already pay 80 bucks. They don't want any negative discussion about that vehicle online. Yeah. But then it's not in the best interest of the consumer. But if you look at it from the best interest of the consumer, having that discussion and having that pre-buying personalized pre-buying checklist to say, ask these questions to this seller. If they don't answer these questions, or if you can't find the information, then you can get one of our assistants. You know, like we have an assistant that can help you navigate through this, and you can pay a fee of one ninety nine or whatever it is, and let all that work be done for you. And we can verify whether yeah. this car is the right car for you or not. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunities, guys, and I think because this industry is not changing. And I think that, I think that's a really important point, Riz, because you know a lot of people go into into those buying experiences, and and a lot of them come out of it really hating it. And um, I think I think that that'd be a good good thing for to to do when you're saying like on your site we can have like you know secondhand car buying. Uh, you can have a whole list of all the cars and questions that go wrong. Because I remember when I was selling the Mazda three, I had a guy. Um, basically tell me I didn't know, know anything about my car. He's like, well, when was the timing belt done? I'm like, it doesn't have a timing belt. It's got a timing chain. He's like, no, it's got a timing belt. I'm like, no, it's got a timing chain. <laughs> and like, he was trying to, he was trying to argue with me. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, look, you can believe what you're going to believe, but the car's got a timing chain. It doesn't have a belt. He's like, well, it needs to have its major service, which is every hundred thousand Ks for a timing belt. I'm like, it's, it, I, in the end I gave up. I'm just like, I'm like, okay, man, if you don't look at the car, it's fine. Don't stress. But, um, yeah. it, it, it got to that point where I was just like, yeah, like, you need to know what you're looking at. And, and I think having that as a guide to help you is, would be, would be awesome. It's a common thing, man. Yeah. We're going to go to a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the kickback. Still with Scotty and Riz. Um, yeah. Interesting, interesting discussion that like, it's, I think, I think it needs to happen. Like I think, I think a forum like that needs to happen or, or, or a site buying experience that says, look, this is what you look for when you buy this car. And, um, you know, even, you, even if, we, even if you get like, um, just your, your general mechanics opinions on cars and say, look, this is what they, this is where they normally go wrong. So like they'll say, for example, Falcons with dip bushes or Commodores with timing chains and, and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a, it, it'll, it'll make, it'll make the buying experience a lot better. And I think, a lot, I think it'd be very, very appreciated. 
I think um, uh, one of the top points you touched on earlier, Maddie, about mechanics and some of the opinions that people get off them. Um, my mechanic is, is a good friend of mine. I've known him for 12 plus years. And he says the same thing. The amount of referrals that he sent me of people looking at new cars, it is so common for them to ask that question to their mechanic because that's who they trust. Mm. And, you know, if these guys were the ones to talk about, if they saw value in what you're doing, they would tell every man and his dog about it because they just don't want to be asked those questions. They don't want to be making those decisions because in the end, not only are they losing a customer if they're buying a new car, if they're buying a secondhand car, they might bring them back to the same mechanic, but they may lose a customer because of the whole cab price servicing and the perception that the dealers do a better, uh, that the um, dealer stamp is worth something on your logbook. Um, it's, uh, but yeah, these guys know what's going on and even they struggle to get the right information on cars because they're like, if they're working on a car, they don't always have the right knowledge. And as they get newer cars, a lot of them can't even diagnose those problems because they don't have the diagnostic tools and the car companies are holding that information very close to their chests. Yeah. So they, I think they will find something like that pretty useful as well. But yeah, it's um, interesting, guys. Hmm. Well, watch this space, Riz. We might need to talk after the show and and uh, and make this happen. Make this happen. That's it. <laughs> um, car of the week time, guys. You guys got your cars of the week. I do. I need to quickly find one, but I think I've got something in my mind. Um, so I'll go first if you guys if you guys want. Yeah, go for it. Cool. So, uh, my car, <laughs> it's the full ten grand. It is a nineteen ninety two Subaru Brumby. Oh, now, it's nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Um. I've always kind of had a soft spot for these because I always wanted to put a WRX motor in one and just make it fly. Um, but it looks pretty tidy. It looks pretty original. Um, it's got all new brakes and suspension in it. Um, no rust at all, he says in the, in the description. It's a really, really tidy car. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of money been spent on it to make it stop, to make it handle. Um, mm. Basically, it's, it's been looked after. And the description says... Hi, this Bromby has got a new motor, complete with a new gasket set with the new motor, a new water pump, um, a new radiator, um, Dagon clutch, a new uh, exhaust, four new tires, zero rust, never been crashed, second owner, genuine 192,000 Ks on the car, drives great with no rattles, new carb, so the motor gets um, you know uh, 550 Ks to a tank, so better than your Subaru, Scotty. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, depending on where you fill up, the car's at about 28,000 Ks on the new motor. And it is something cool. It looks really tidy. Not, it's not something that you see every day. It's very um, very nice and original, which I kind of quite like. It's got, it's got a set of sun rages on them. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, it, looks, it looks like it's had good money spent on it, and it looks like it's been, it's been well, well kept and well looked after. It's got a, it's got a, um, it's got a bull bar on the front. 
is missing the tire though. There's usually a tire that's in the engine bay on these. Um, yeah, like that's where they, that's where they put the spare tire on those ones. Um, but yeah, that's that, that's my that's my little Bromby for for ten thousand dollars. Very cool. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Scotty, do you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. Sweet. I can share my screen, Matt. You can. That's all set up. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Pretty sure this is the car Matty just bought. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us 19- about it. Hey? Tell us about it. Well, it's a 1988 Toyota MR2. I love something that Matty's been summer. talking about. Have been. There was one that popped up last week on the show, but it was, was it like 12 grand or something? It was, so it was 11, 11 grand. 12. Well, this one scrapes in at 10. Well, let's have a look at um, this. He's got so much. You can just see how much he's written. Jeez. A lot. So I'm not going to go through it all, but... What's he say? Uh, so he's pretty much done most things to the motor. He's got all new bushes, suspension, steering rack. Uh, then it just goes into a bit more detail about the motor. Did have a bit of an accident on the front. So if you take a look, people can't see it on the radio, but yeah, it's got like a new piece on the bumper there on the front, but it's in black. Pretty good crack in the bottom part there on the bottom lip. Uh, it's a bit rough, but engine suspension's all good, so it's just all cosmetics. Maybe a bit of carpet if you want carpet, up to you. <laughs> Might come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> but it looks pretty cool. Ten grand, maybe Very you can cool. get less. I got it because, well, Matt would like it and I thought it would be an easy win for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's, yep, not bad. That's not bad. very cool. I like it. Um, you know, you know, you know, I like these. So they're they're a really cool little car. Yeah. Riz. Now you know I'm not the you know guys I'm not the type of guy that brags about the vehicles that I choose. <laughs> but you really have to when they are legendary. Oh, Honda Legend, I'm assuming. Now, Maddie, you're the main man. You got it right. This is a 1991 Honda Legend. Oh, such a cool car. They are one of my favorite sort of luxury Ooh. cars. Sorry, I just this, looked at the engine bay. Yeah, it's... I, I This person, oh, the seller, Ray, um, clearly needs an education on photography. Because, <laughs> um, you know, his imagery skills are, I don't know, from the 1990. I think from 1991, yes. he's using the same camera that he, the, the, the Fuji camera that he purchased in 91 along with the car. He's using <laughs> that is like the worst, it's the worst main picture for the page ever. But it's, I got know. Like, it's got like an amazing engine bay and the rest of it's just like horrible photography. Yeah. So, but it's, it's, in, uh, it's immaculate in, I guess, the engine side of things. But yeah, overall, I I really like these. Um, they are so smooth. Oh yeah, low case two hundred twenty eight thousand. That's nothing. 
and automatic. Um, it's the, the leather looks pretty okay in one of the photos. Um, it's got a few cracks in the driver's seat, but overall it looks all right. There's, you know, the imitation wood grain that they had along the door trims and along the dash looks cool. Um, yeah, I, they're so smooth and they're just lovely to drive. And they've got a they've got a sunroof which was pretty cool too. Um, and not, I think there's only about ten on car sales, and this is the only one from the '90s era. That's a, it's a it looks quite decent. I mean, the the bodies on the bridge got a bit of paint fade, but the rest of the car looks pretty good. Um, I, I quite I quite like it. I've I've always liked these legends, and this is the later one with the bigger motor. I think it's got a th yeah three point two liter V six. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that cool car, cool car. I, I reckon screw, screw looking at um at two uh, forties and stuff and buy that Riz. Uh, well, that's what I'm sort of thinking. Given uh, given you saw what uh, Sil you know what Mitsubishi Sylvia's can uh, can do, <laughs> and and so Scotty, the joke there is there was a news report of. Uh, Clearly, a Sylvia S14 this crashed into a pole where one of the, I think, one of the riders or one of the passengers died. Yeah, was in Sydney. Oh, but okay. In the news report, the reporter's like, "This purple Mitsubishi that slammed into, and it's a S15. It's a yeah, it's a Sylvia. I'll send, I'll send you the report. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, these." There's not many around of these legends, and yeah, I always like them along with the Sauras or the yeah, the Lexus. What is it? LS four hundred? LS four hundred. Yeah, they were nice. Oh yeah, yeah, they're cool. So yeah, that's my car, guys. That's all that joy for six grand. Jeez, you got the cheapest car there with the most luxury, which is usually it's the other way around. <laughs> um, what are you going to go for, and why, Scotty? What are you going for? What am I going for? Mm. I was hoping you go first, and that depends on my vote. <laughs> Win. <laughs> uh, it's a tough one. I would probably be leaning towards the Honda, I think. Mm. I was thinking about my own, but I'm not quite sure. And Brumby is cool, but... Bit too slow. Um, yeah, the Honda's pretty good. You could nick that up and get it looking really nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going. I was. I'm going to go the MR2 until I saw the, how how nice the uh, the Legend was, and I'm like, well, it's it, it is it is a nice car, and they and they do drive beautifully. Like they 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 still drive well today for, for a car of for a car of its age. And it's a, it's a Legend Coupe as well, which which is even more rare because like a, a lot of them are four door. Um, did they come with a four-wheel steering? I don't know. Oh. They did. Because the Accords did, right? They did, yeah. yeah they, they did, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think these did. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Because Honda know. did that, right? Yeah, Honda did that in the early 90s. I wasn't sure yeah. whether it was as early as 91. Um, but, yeah, there was, that was pretty innovative sort of technology back then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, I, I don't think they had it on those ones. No. Nope. Um, yeah, I'm looking for it now. The the um the Preludes had them. 
Um, I'm pretty sure that yep. they had them, but um, like Mazda 99s and stuff had them, and, and it was a big thing where like where that that was great. But I yeah, I don't think that they, I don't think the the legends had them, which is yeah, no, they're 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 a good car, the, the legend, and I I I really like how they uh how they've kept kept going for so long. Um, they, I mean, in different models, in different um, uh, what's it called? Uh, areas, I should say, they've been called different names, but but the legend's been around for a very long time, since '85. Like that, that, that's that's how long they've been around for. So it's it's good to see them still, you know, still getting some praise because like, uh, like the second and third gen ones, like the like the third gen, um, well, sorry, second gen, more is more of second gen, but the uh, the facelift of the of the first gen was always a good looking car too. So, and you and you do see a lot of them on the road because they are. You know, people that bought them like these were these were very expensive cars when they were new. Um, they kind of they kind of looked after them and and kept, and kept them. So, uh, you 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 find out that it'll be um, um, it'll it'll you know, be a car that a lot of people have like been a one owner of. But it is sad that the um the the Honda Legend is now ending production everywhere except in Japan, um, which is mm. which is which is a bit sad, um. So yeah, um, I I really like the looks of the MR2, um, and they're so unique. And because there's just there's something about them, they're quite rare as well. Um, and most, if they haven't been wrapped around a pole, um, <laughs> they're they're not. Yeah, they're just rare, and I, I do like the headlights. Um, so yeah, I'll go with the MR2. But I think you win, Riz, with your uh, with your pick. Yep, you win. It, it was legendary. Um, <laughs> just, simple as that. <laughs> simple as that. Simple as that. It's uh, the legend for for the legendary man. You know, you know who also has a legend. Uh, Ludicrous. Ah. Oh. oh yeah, I've seen that. And um, he's had it. He's had it forever. He's had it since the nineties, and he, he was it was like his dream car to have a legend. Um, yeah. And he kept it in good good nick, and he got into an accident. And uh, Acura, because it's an Acura legend, uh, yeah. basically um, restored it for him, and, and like you know, upgraded the suspension and brakes and wheels, and yeah, and put a killer sound system in it. And he still the same car. Still got it. So, oh, it's uh, pimp my ride uh, X to the Z spec. Pimping <laughs> it up, the suspension. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a that's very much a, a ludicrous type car. That and and I, I I I agree. I appreciate, and I can see why you've gotten the win tonight, Riz. Well done. Oh, thanks, thanks, guys. It's uh, yeah. It's, I mean, from that era, the only other car that I can think about, like I said, is the Lexus. That and. Yeah, I don't know. The Japanese, we never got the crown. Not that I remember. Nope. Not in the 90s. Great. Yeah. Um, and I guess Nissan um, never really had a luxury sort of brand. And Infinity didn't really kick off here when it did come eventually. Um, so from the Japanese, it was really Honda... Toyota never released anything, and well, I guess Lexus did. If, can you guys think of any other luxury cars that were sort of 
from the mainstream brands? Uh, Mazda had the 929. Oh, yeah. Um, which, which they sold quite a few of. Um, but in terms of like, 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 you know, on that level of LS400 and Legend and stuff, I think there was just pretty much those two. But again, the, the 80s and 90s for me, again, as I've mentioned previously, it was like the golden era for Japanese cars, whether it be your, your you know, little K car all the way to your high-end luxury sports car or was a luxury car. I think that's, I think that they really, they really dominated that era. And, and, and you can see by how well those cars have held up. Like looking at that legend, it's from 91, you know, and looking at, for example, my, um, my Brumby, which is from 92, you know, both, they're both very old cars now. Even the MR2, despite looking like it's had a hard life, it's still, it's still there, you know, it's still looking, mm. it's still, you know, it's still driving. Um, and I, and I, th- I think, again, like getting back to what we were saying earlier, like these cars were made to last. They weren't made for, for planned obsolescence. Mm. Like there's a reason why the, the original Lexus LS400 sold so many and, and, redefined the luxury car game because it was just so well engineered and well developed and you know the technology in that car was just just unreal and, and the quality and then a lot of those, yeah the digital adapter and a lot of those parts still all work you know and it, they were made and tested the last and and I, I i don't i don't think they they do the r&d in terms of like longevity anymore i think they, they do it to mm. see if it works and nvh is all right yeah we'll just plug it out to the public and that's the key thing I think Scotty was saying earlier about, or I think he asked a question about, are they just stamping them out um, as disposable sort of items? And it's, I guess, yeah. if we look at our appliances, they've become that and cars will, these cars are exactly that. Yep. Um, and moving forward, I can't imagine, you know, 20 years from now, we're talking about the hum of how reliable and great the 2019 Kia Cerato was. You know, it's not going to happen. It's, um, we're past that era. And even if you look at some of the cars from the, um, let's say 2010 onwards, there's not many cars you can sort of, I can't even say the Honda Civic was a good car after that. Mm. You know, they used to be reliable and all the, and, and the, and the Corollas went for the CVT transmissions and you just don't know what you don't know about those vehicles. Right. So yeah, interesting times. No, I think like I was looking at some of the records websites recently and there's so many cars that are not even five, six years old that are just, that are in there just, and they, they look fine, but they just, they just had it. Like the cars are just, they're, they're just cars that are newish and they're just put in there because they're just buckets of crap. And, and, and they're, just, they're just like generic stuff that's just not lasting and just, just being essentially throwaway, which is, which is, which is what they, which is what they've become. Um, but I don't even know if, if Cherry still sells cars here, but like I've seen so many of those cars mm. from like a, like a 2015, 2013, like just like they still look fine, but they're the records now because they just yeah you know, they're like a disposable car. Um, and it's you're spot on, man. Like my mechanic told me he was looking for a SUV, and he got a 2012 Great Wall. Everything works, less than a hundred thousand case for twenty seven hundred dollars in <laughs> diesel. Jeez. You know, it's running a Nissan, um, a Nissan Pathfinder gearbox. Yeah. And I think it was Great Wall's own diesel engine, which was an alteration of some Mitsubishi diesel engine. But it's everything runs, everything works, just needed a quick clean and a detail. And apparently the car is all fine. But they're so just 2700 bucks for a fairly large sort of, you know, the Great Wall SUVs that yeah. sort of came out early on. 
Yeah. Yep. X two forties or whatever they were called. It's and you know, but that's exactly what's happening to this space, unfortunately. I was looking at um on the internet today and and there was like big it was like it was, I remember the headline, it said uh new Volkswagen T Rock. Uh is it an is it a good SUV or another snooze mobile? And all the comments were like snooze mobile, snooze mobile, snooze mobile. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, Oh, you know, everyone's just why would you pay extra money for uh it's, it's it's like ten grand or so more than a standard Golf for for a car that doesn't handle as better, that uses more fuel, um, is higher with with less boot space but higher boot space if that makes sense. You know, mm. why would you why would you spend the ten grand? And it's it, and everyone's like it's it's going to be another forgettable car where we're just in a space of forgettable SUVs and stuff. Like there's so many cars like like, like well, I don't know if we, for for you guys, but when I was younger, I remember just looking out the window in the car and be like, oh, that's that, that's that, that's that. That's that. And then, you know, I just drive and I'm just like, everything kind of just doesn't yeah. do anything for me. You know what I mean? Like, until, like if I was to yeah. see like an MR2, I'd be like, oh, MR2. Or, or you know, if I'm S14 or, or, you know, whatever it is, like, well, 32 GDR. You know. Now it's just like, they're all, it's all bland, all the same junk that just, to me, means nothing. And you can see why the car makers is, uh, are doing really well because they're just doing selling this disposable junk. Now Peugeot did this really well in the start of the in, start, in the start of the 2000s when they brought up the 206. Not a good car at all in any in any way, but they're like for this price you can have a car and you can have a car that will just mm. work. Um, it won't be reliable, but it'll be a car that works, and and you'll have a car and you can get another car when it breaks. It's like the whole kind of disposable, I think, era of cars came in in, in the in the 2000s, and it's 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 kind of gradually getting worse and worse and worse and now it's pretty much here to stay i'd say yeah it's the only way they can make money now yeah and then all of these um cross company platforms Mm. you know like it's um there's no uniqueness anymore um it's just um and they wonder why they can't sell anymore right and why can't ask for a higher price everything's the same well another issue is you know like again with the with the, with the cross-platforming it's a save money but it's also costing them money in the long run because it's you know it's yeah. people like well uh, if i if the ford focus is the same as a c30 which is the same as the mazda 3 i'm going to go for a higher spec badging at a volvo or, or vice versa and and you know at the same at the same time the brakes are the same the suspension is the same everything's the same you know, it's just it's just one of, again another one of the, another one of those things. It ch- it kind of cheapens your brand, I think, and it doesn't really do it do it justice. Um, but I look, I see why they do it. But again, uniqueness is something that we've discussed in the show that not many companies are doing. And like I, you know, tip my lid to to Tesla because they've come back and they've said, you know what, we're going to make electric cars. Yes, they're not for me. Yes, they're not for a lot of people. But at least they're doing something different in the space and they, and they, and, they, and they've, they've brought in change, you know, like some sort of change into the space. When our company is like, like Volvo were like, well, we're going to, we're going to move to, we're going to move to a full electric company. Other companies are, are, are planning on doing the same thing. So, you know, but like it's, it takes a lot for the car industry to change. And I think that's a big, big issue. And, and I think this is where, you know, um, I think I've mentioned it to you in the past, Maddie, that in the next five years, we're going to have brands in Australia that we haven't even heard of yet. Oh. And they're going to be releasing products to the masses, disposable products. Um, and then the industry will basically like 
if Mitsubishi, a brand as big as Mitsubishi with their whatever Renault Alliance or whatever they have, if they're pulling yeah. out of UK, then what hope have we got in Australia? Because nothing is unique. The market is small. People, who knows what, how many cars people, how many new cars people will be buying post this pandemic? Well, Scotty, like I, I know in Australia, like people are, people are very um, like brand loyal. Um, but with this, like, what do you think about this when there's so many new car companies just flooding the market, especially into Australia? You know, it's hard for other car companies to compete. And I think China is really, you know, just, just saying we're going to undercut everybody by this much amount of money and we're going to jump into your market and we're going to pretty much take all your sales. So they've done that with the, with the Havals, they've done that with, you know, the Great Walls, stuff like that. Um, and you know what? They're, they're not selling huge amounts, but they're selling. And, they're, and you know, it's just, it's just, I think it's just going to be a matter of time because before everyone realized, well, all these cars, all these, all these brands are disposable now. We may as well go for the cheapest one with the most tech. And that's what they're offering. Yeah, it's because they can. They're, the way they can build them, they can build them cheaper. Um, I mean, I'm sure their workers are not on the same wage as many others. Mm. So that keeps it down again. It's interesting, Scotty, because, you know, like most of the Japanese cars that we drive, and even European cars, they're not really made, like European, like Volkswagen, not, some of them are not made in Germany. BMWs, especially the lower end ones, and the Mercedes, they're doing the same, baking them in South Africa or Mexico or wherever. Audi's, I don't know, built a one plus billion euro plant in the last couple of years in, um, in South America somewhere. And then we have the Japanese brands, they've opened up quite a lot of uh, assembly hubs in Thailand and those sort of countries. So the cost side of things is affecting everyone and the quality, you're right, the low paid workers are, who are getting these, who, who are building these vehicles with probably the same quality standards as they would if they were built in Japan or Germany or whatever. But the a good example that I guess is sort of not really spoken about yet because it's still happening is MG's entry or re-entry into Australia with the Chinese backing and all of those cars. Are, I'm, I don't know where they're built. I'm pretty sure they're built in China. But the small car segment, you know, we're talking about the key, uh, the Kia Rios and sort of maybe in between the Kia Picanto and Rio, the Suzuki Swift, the MG3, I think it is, the smaller hatchback. I see a fair few of them running around. around. But, so, you know, it's a market segment that people were keen on, but there was just no money in it. So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to see what, what happens. But I guess if those cars have, or those brands have been able to prove it, then there's just more and more of those coming into Australia. I mean, if you're building money, if you're building cars to a price with low overheads and you know cheap labor, um, and you, and you undercut everybody, and you still make a good profit, and if that's what MG is mm. doing and, and selling cars, then that's that's that says a lot for our uh, says a lot for the future of cars, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, anyway, guys, I think we're out of time for tonight. Good discussion tonight, boys. I think we we can we covered a lot of important points there, especially with where cars are going and. And you know the whole issue of you know of of currently buying and selling and 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 the um <clears throat> the the market uh, of of how it's going to look 
So it's going to be interesting to watch this space because I think especially over the last four years, especially with the time I've been running this show, a lot's changed, like heaps has changed. And I think it's, um, it's, it's starting to take an, starting to take effect and you can just, you can just see it rolling out really strongly now. So we'll be interesting to see where we sit another four years. Eh? Um, Riz, you, give your, um, uh, give your website a plug. Carlook.com.au. Um, check us out guys. If you're looking for buying a new car, um, and you want to know what others are paying. Um, Scotty, give, uh, your stitch program a plug. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, like and share uh, our Facebook page is Car Talk T O R Q U E with many J. If you missed any of our previous episodes, they're all up on Shout Engine, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasting apps. And if you get to subscribe, rate and review to Car Talk with many J. Um, we've also got merch. Check out our merch on our Facebook page. The link's there, or on Teespring, or you just type in on Google Car Talk Store, and Teespring should come up and support the store. Um, support the show. We've always got new designs coming up. I've got a, I've got a Toyota Crown coming up this week. Um, so nice. that, that'll be that'll be my latest one. That should be done by hopefully tomorrow and up there. Um, and we've got some more coming. So if you want designs, send them through and, and we'll make it happen. Um, thank you, guys. And I will see you on Tuesday. Take it easy. Thanks, guys. See you, mate. See you, mate. Cheers.